Yes, indeed, there are more questions and answers. Like if you open a Pizza Express next to a Vision Express, would you get some of their customers by mistake? Hi, America. <laughs> Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. That's almost hypnotic, isn't it? It makes me sleepy just listening to that. <laughs> so snuggle under your covers, turn out your light, and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So without any further ado, let us embrace the week's darkness. Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather has not always got on well with her family, but recently they all clubbed together and got her a voucher for a clinic in Switzerland. Welcome to the show, Heather. I don't get it. <laughs> Clinics in Switzerland. No? We'll have to tell you that no, after the show. Wow. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm celebrating my 11th anniversary today. The 11th anniversary. It's Heather's 11th anniversary today of her 29th birthday. We're all going to take you to Dairy Queen after the show. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Heather Norris. Heather 
indoors. Yeah, thank you. Hello, world. We have also had with us tonight the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim saw a green man this week that got larger and larger before it finally disappeared. Strangely, she then nearly got run over. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC Outside Broadcast Department. He is also our sound engineer and producer. Greg discovered this week that not all ducks are toilet ducks. Welcome to the show, Greg. (laughs) That was a difficult and messy Sunday afternoon, wasn't it? What's a toilet duck? (laughs) What's a toilet duck? Yeah. Do you not have that in this country? No. That's a joke then, just for Europeans. Toilet duck is like a little character. It's a bottle, and it's got a nest-shaped neck with a little beak on it, and it looks like a duck, but you squeeze it around the rim of the toilet. It's like a bleach or a disinfectant. You don't have toilet duck. No. I can't believe these jokes <laughs> are falling on deaf ears just through just through cultural differences. Rest assured, people in Britain will be laughing heartily. I'm sorry it's passed you by. You need a better knowledge of European toilet disinfectant. I love it when you say European and speak of toilet duck. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> if you're American when you go into the bathroom and you're American when you come out of the bathroom, what are you when you're in the bathroom? I don't know. European. European. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, Heather's on minus three. <laughs> Fabulous. Series two. <laughs> Series two. This is what happens when you're in a room full of Americans. You see how this works? What, European? (laughs) Well, a small amount of we came out when I cracked the joke about the Switzerland clinics, but I I didn't want to bring that up. You still don't get it. I will tell you at the end. All right. We're on series two, episode 35. 35 is a tetrahedral number. I'm sure that was on everybody's lips, Mm -hmm. of course. It is the atomic number of bromine, which is the Greek word bromus which means stench, so obviously very smelly. 35mm is, of course, the basic film gauge of analogue photography and motion pictures. Now, I never knew this, but 35 is the minimum age candidates have to be for election to the United States presidency. Did you mm-hmm. know that? I yes. there was an age minimum, but I couldn't have told you what the number was. Yeah, 35 yeah. apparently. So for points, early on, I'm going to ask you who you think the youngest president JFK. has ever been when they got into office. Heather's going with JFK. Of course, you can copy that if you wish, or you can come up with your own. That is who I thought of right away. Well, you're ha- I'm happy for you to go with that. You know, you can... You want... You're encouraging it because it's wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kim's been no, all- I'm going to go with JFK. You are? You sure mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. You sure you don't want to change your yes. mind? Greg's looking at my notes. This is like being back at school, I tell you. Greg, are you going to go with JFK or are you going to say something else? First of all, I can't read your writing, so it doesn't matter if I look at your <laughs> well, notes I, or not. I, when I am in this country, I do write slowly because I know Americans are reading it. <laughs> oh, right away. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, what are we thinking? Any thoughts? Pick a president. Well, I thought Obama was pretty young when he was elected. Well, that's interesting. Ooh, he was. That's interesting, yes. yeah. Very true. Okay, I will give you the results. Theodore Roosevelt was the youngest. Teddy! 42. 
and 322 days. But there is a but. There is a but. Does anyone know what that but is? He never got voted in because in 1901, McKinley got assassinated. So he became president by default. So he was the youngest president, but he never got elected in. If we're going to go with elected presidents, you are absolutely right. It was JFK who was 43. I'm winning. Well, you're on minus three at the moment. It depends yeah. how the scores get delineated. But JFK, yes, he was 43, 236. Clinton, I thought, was a good shout, if anyone thought of him. He was 46 on 154 days. So, Kim and Heather, I shall give you points because he wasn't the youngest, but he was the youngest elected so heather is now in the heady and giddy heights of minus two and kim is now on a positive <laughs> integer again points to be had i'm happy to give out points this early on and then we'll get on with the paranormal shenanigans who was the oldest who's been the oldest any thoughts any ideas lincoln uh, oh that's not a bad shout either any thoughts heather eisenhower nope it was in fact reagan who was 69 so uh an interesting really? absolutely apparently so it says i must have missed it with his hair color there you go and nancy kind of telling him what to say constantly yeah we were in amazement in this country that you voted in you know a b-movie actor and then and then followed by a chimpanzee was quite remarkable it 35 apparently <laughs> is the highest number one can count on one's fingers using base six so i thought you know the most you can count on your fingers is 10 right apparently not if you use a system called base six and you're welcome to look this up on any of the fabulous electronic media we have out there i'm not that bored but wikipedia apparently <laughs> but it, it works in the same way as an abacus you can use your right hand for for tens and it depends in which way you put it and you're thinking of your what? birthday surprise, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Rest assured, we're all going to get a chance to show Heather what 35 looks like on our fingers. So, <laughs> apparently you can do it like an abacus. So you're using units of 10 plus your fingers for individual numbers, of course. But if you don't believe me, I look it up. I can show you one right now. Yes, I can show you a couple <laughs> as well. That's fabulous. You're now back on minus three. So, I wish you could see this, ladies and gentlemen. The abuse I've received today is just phenomenal i sit opposite kim and heather i've got greg to my left and uh, it's just one long merry party <laughs> of, abuses, right. of abuses and you're missing all of this some idiot once suggested that we put a cam in here of some description <laughs> but that's Greg have to, greg's gonna have to wear more than his underwear at that point of course because it does get ridiculously hot in this studio but yes you can count apparently to 35 no idea why you can't count to 36 um, using a system called base six we spent far too long looking at the number 35 when it really yes. doesn't deserve it no just a reminder to our listeners that you can find our archive shows if you go to soundcloud.com and type in mqta radio all of our archives are there for you to look at any time you wish you can look those up they are a few weeks behind i might add probably about three or four weeks behind so you're not going to get this show or last week's show but certainly you're welcome to look at those and we have over ten thousand hits on there of people listening to our archives in the gym and in the car and on their morning commutes and so forth we have a youtube site if you go onto youtube and type in more questions and answers with adrian lee you will find a fabulous youtube clip it lasts six minutes it's the funniest six minutes of my life so if you're feeling depressed and down i guarantee you will be laughing at that particular outtake on twitter if you go to adrian underscore lee underscore tips that's t i p 
IPS, of course, for the International Paranormal Society. We now have 72 thousand followers on there from all over the world and finally my book mysterious minnesota digging up the ghostly past at 13 haunted sites is available on amazon and barnes and noble and various other sites and that would make a fabulous stocking stuffer now we spent this last weekend if you listen to our show last friday you'll know that we then ran off to investigate in the fabulous st james hotel which is in red wing by the way, the name Red Wing is fabulous. There used to be a Native American chief there back in the day, and he carried around a swan's wing, which he then dyed red or had red blood on it. So the place is called Red Wing as that symbol of being in charge and the symbol of being a leader of that Native American chief who carried a red swan's wing around with him. I thought that was very interesting. But it's on the border of Wisconsin and Minnesota, and we spent the weekend there and it's a fabulous building. It was built in 1875. I've mentioned before on the show it's very, very haunted. This was our Halloween weekend that we did with guests at the hotel. One of the reasons the place is haunted is that when they built it, they built and dug out the foundations, and they discovered a Native American burial mound. So the hotel is actually positioned on Native American burial mounds, and they actually found bodies, and they threw the bodies away, unfortunately. So if you're going to build a hotel, you know, build it on Native American burial grounds and then wonder why the place is back crazy haunted, I guess. But there was talk of a floating head haunting the basement where perhaps a head got detached from a body whilst in skeletal form, and the head roams like a phantom head looking for its body. There's also the ghost of Clara, who's an individual that actually owned the hotel back in the 1880s 1890s onwards and she's said to roam the corridors looking after guests and moving things around how she wants it done and there was a little girl that drowned in a well that was in the basements this is a very very haunted building and i just want to go around the table we spent a fabulous weekend there we had lots of guests lots of halloween fun we dressed up and we had lectures and talks and lots of fabulous times to be had there I'm bringing on air now with the aid of modern technology, Adam Hyatt, who joined us with his team, Sea Paranormal, from Iowa at the weekend. So welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you for coming on board. Hello, and thank you for having me. That's fabulous. Modern technology. You can't beat it, can you? <laughs> there was a time we'd be using two cocoa cans and a 200-footer string, but here we are from the depths of Iowa, listening to your dulcet tones. I was just interested, because you hadn't been to the St. James Hotel before, and you hadn't done an event with the uh, International Paranormal Society. Just to give us a flavour, I guess, of what you thought about the weekend and perhaps what your highlights were. Um, you know, I had a great time. It was, uh, it's an awesome hotel with obviously a lot of history. Um, one of my favourite things about the, the events, to say, is I love the fact that people who are totally familiar with the paranormal field come in and they get to experience a little bit of it and we as paranormal investigators get to prove to them that we're just not a bunch of crazy people running around in the dark <laughs> i think you might be extending that a little too far I, I can't, looking at the team around me i can't vouch for all of those things necessarily <laughs> oh, great but it's very great. true people do come to these events with a very set idea about how things are meant to be based on the TV series, of course, which are on every channel. But that's entertainment. That's not necessarily what you do as a paranormal investigator. But you're absolutely right. It gives people a flavour, perhaps, of how things are done 
you know, out in the field rather than just what they see on the television, I suspect. Out of interest, Definitely. talking from purely a paranormal perspective, what sort of things did you see over the weekend that you thought, oh, that's interesting, I haven't seen that before, or perhaps, you know, things that jogged your interest, as it were? Um, you know, when we were down in the basement as one larger group, and watching that fog or mist or however you want to put it, appear in the in the stairwell there and kind of come fade in and out the temperature change I, i've never really experienced that type of mist or fog or however you want to put it that was certainly very interesting we just spoke about that um, before you came on air and it lasted for such a long time as well i mean that was prominent for about an hour and we saw that going up and down the stairwell i certainly have seen mists and fogs before um, that have formed into figures if you like but i've never seen anything that's lasted so long i can't think in my career of any kind of apparition or any kind of paranormal activity that's lasted for an hour i don't know if you've come across that on your investigations or not no you know usually it's it's you know you might see something briefly out of the corner of your eye um but you don't just get to watch it for an extended period of time. That that That's definitely a first for, I think, all of us. Yeah, that was fabulous. What I'm thinking of doing is, uh, I know you was running some video cameras at the time, so perhaps if you can get me some of that footage we can actually present that on our website for our listeners yep. to uh, look at at some point i know the trouble with being a paranormal investigator of course is that after the event now we've got hours and hours of evidence review to do of all of our recordings and all of our videos so people say to me where is this stuff why can't we see it but perhaps in the next couple of weeks if you can get me a clip of that if that came out on your video camera there we could perhaps present that to our listeners for them to look at that experience yep i sure will i uh I've actually got everything charging up right now. So. Wow, look how professional how professional you are in Iowa. You're making us look bad, you are. We were looking to get through things unprofessionally, and you're showing us up. Well, I appreciate you joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll do some more investigations together in the future. I just want to mention that you do have some uh, Facebook sites and websites out there, Adam, so if you want to mention those to our listeners, they can look you up. Yep, they can actually look us up on Facebook at See Paranormal. And our website is actually cparanormal at gmail.com. What does C stand for again, Adam? It stands for Seek, Experience, and Educate. And that's what we did at the weekend, so I appreciate your time and your effort. Give give my thanks to your team, and uh, we'll catch up soon, okay? Will do. Thank you. Bye, Bye Adam. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. So we did investigations. We took guests around with us, and uh, we investigated one room called the Ballroom. Now, back in the day, the Red Wing Shoe Company still owns the hotel, but they had their board meetings in the hotel. And because they made shoes, they had an abundance of leather. So they panelled this entire room in leather. It looks incredible. The four-poster bed, the opulent furniture, the dark woods, the open fire. It's like the best room ever. If you get a chance, go on the St. James Hotel website and just look at the boardroom. It's the sort of place you'd stay on your honeymoon, I guess. Sort of place presidents would stay, and I believe that there has been presidents. Eisenhower, I believe, opened a bridge back in Red Wing in the day, and he actually stayed in this room. So it's a very interesting room. I thought it was interesting from a paranormal perspective, because I took a team in there with uh, one of our investigators, Scott, 
from uh, Superior up there. One of the team leaders was with me. Greg was with me as well, of course. He's an expert on listening to EVPs in real time, and he also had a thermal imaging camera with him. One of the things from my perspective was the fact that we got in there. I thought psychically I heard a girl come through to me called Jenny. So I'm getting Jenny psychically. I can see a little girl there. What was then very interesting is that Scott then put a device on called an SB7. It's a ghost box. It's called an SB7. And we asked who was there, and we got the name Jenny. And I'm thinking, well, this is fabulous. My psychic skills are being backed up by the equipment. What was then fabulous was we put on a ghost box, a shack hack, I guess, and uh, we asked the question again who was there, and the name Jenny came through. So it's very unique to get the psychic skills coming through that are then backed up by a device, which was the SB7, which is then backed up again by the ghost box. So to get evidence from three separate places or within a couple of minutes really backs that up. And if you're sceptical, you know, it takes a lot to perhaps explain that away. So that was my highlight. That's what I thought was fabulous. But Heather, what did you think of the St. James? Whereabouts did you get the best, uh, best evidence, I guess? Well, I would say we were actually in one of Clara's apartments to start with, and um, I had with me Kim and another team member, Gloria, who actually led one of the vigils. Well, I got to sit back and be psychic. Uh, Gloria, uh, both of them did a fabulous job, but Gloria had asked a question that said, uh, Heather, have are you getting anything psychically? Are you getting any names? And immediately I shouted, Stanley. And so quite some time later, we actually put on the shack hack or the ghost box and it reaffirmed that there was a Stanley there. So you got your psychic skills backed up by, yeah. by evidence. And as we well. think it might have been the dog or something. Well, I was, we? I was going like to go on to mention that we investigated in Clara's room as well, I think on the Saturday night. And I had Greg with me. And one of the things that I thought was very interesting is that psychically, I thought a dog was running around in that room. Because back in the day, these were the apartments used by the family that sure. owned the hotel. They weren't divided up as rooms like they are now. These were their living quarters. So you could easily imagine a dog running around in their own living quarters rather than it being, you know, a bedroom in a very, very posh hotel. But I did think psychically a dog was running around. And I placed a K2 EMF meter about two and a half maybe two foot off the ground just to catch anything that's running around. And it did actually spike at one point, like something had actually um, run through there. But uh, Greg, you actually managed to uh, catch on your thermal imaging camera what we thought may have been a dog in that room. Is that right? Yep, that's right. It was could see it behind the chair that one of the guests was sitting in and yeah. kept moving around behind the chair. So there was, a, there was a cold spot on your FLIR thermal imaging camera that basically resembled a dog running around the floor and was acting in kind of dog-like behavior by running around the back of the back of the armchairs. Can you remember how cold that was compared to the rest of the room? Was there a big difference there? I think it was like 8 or, eight or 10 degrees. Yeah, it was getting it up was to 10 degrees. Bit. It certainly made it look different from the rest of the room. It was definitely cold in terms of how it moved around. And if I recall, the guest that was sat in that chair did actually say that she felt a coldness around by her legs as that dog was running around. So it's very interesting that two sets of investigations have kind of picked that up. We've picked that up psychically, and we've also got that on the equipment. Somebody somewhere is going to say, well, why didn't you talk to the dog? And it'll... We tried. So yes. we still we have to listen. Bark, bark. Yeah, we yeah, said, come here, Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> i got a treat for you. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't speak dog, so you're doing better than me. Rosetta Stone. 
stone dog. Lesson, <laughs> lesson one, hello. <laughs> What's that? You're hungry? <laughs> You'd like the menu. <laughs> Where's the railway station? Rosetta Stone Dog. There you go. There you go. Fabulous. <laughs> um, I will uh, go back just a little bit. We also investigated uh, the boardroom. Yes. And while we were up there, I had something happen that hadn't happened to me before. Um, we actually had the static meter go off the only time that weekend in the middle of the floor. So you've got a meter that actually reads static, static electricity, electricity in the air. And when mm-hmm. it comes through... You can the see closest it person to it, I'm going to guess, was three or four feet away. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And if my memory serves me right, it kind of lights up like a rainbow when there's a static discharge. Yeah, and you can see it move. Sure. You can actually see it move through the screen. But um, when we noticed that go off, I actually took a uh, infrared, not an infrared, a laser thermometer and had it aimed to about the same area. And Kim was taking notes during that time and i was trying to measure the temperature differences and it would jump what five degrees would you say kim yep up and down repeatedly it would go up and it would go back down and she didn't even have time to write down the numbers that it was changing to back and forth and back and forth and that went for it about would be a minute on the recording but no i had i did not have time to put it in the notes it was too fast and, and about for two minutes wouldn't you say yeah yep. temperature changes do happen with paranormal activity but normally it comes down gradually over a period of a minute or two it's instantly dropping and rising again mm-hmm. that's a really interesting phenomena that's difficult to replicate in natural circumstances kim would you say that was your highlight of the weekend It was a good one, but I also wanted to bring up what happened when Greg and I were putting our luggage and stuff when we first checked into our room. Um, After a long trip right away, the first thing I'm doing is going into the bathroom, and Greg was hanging his stuff up in the wardrobe, and when I came out of the bathroom, he asked me what was so funny. And I looked at him, and I said, nothing. And he goes, well, why were you laughing? And I said, I wasn't. Wow. So he heard laughter, and he also followed up with checking... um, the rooms next door to us, we knew who were, was staying in them and, and asked where they were at that time, and their rooms were empty, so it wasn't any carryover from a neighboring room. That's certainly, if you've heard a real-time kind of EVP, but not through the equipment, actually hearing it, you know, yourself. Correct. I did read afterwards that um, hotel staff and other guests think that the laughter is from the little girl who drowned. Ah, oh, this was uh, this was something that came to our attention, wasn't it, back in the day? The girl that drowned in the well. Heather, you just wanted to mention one thing briefly about a uh, uh, in the boardroom again. I believe this was yes. Um, actually, I during some downtime on Saturday before our big Halloween party, I had taken my sealed computer bag, and I want to emphasize sealed computer bag that had my iPad, which also was inside a protective case inside the computer bag up to the boardroom to kind of just veg out for a little bit. And I opened up my iPad, and inside it was a St. Mary's medallion. And I'm not Catholic at all. I have no idea why it was there. Yes, this is the lady that catches fire when she walks into churches. We have to stand by with fire blankets. That is very true. And I just found it completely bizarre. I couldn't believe it. In fact, I brought it up to your attention. Yes, we did show the guest. That was very bizarre finding that. What was even more bizarre was a couple of hours later, I did go up into the boardroom myself, and I noticed there was something silver glinting on the carpet there, and I thought someone had dropped a coin, like a trigger object. And I went up to the object and picked it up, and it was the St. Mary's medallion, and I came back down 
to where the controlled area was, where a conference was taking place. And I said to Heather with the guest there, did you drop your St. Mary's medallion that you found earlier? And you suddenly got it out of your pocket and said, no, I've got it here. And I had a second one. We Mm -hmm. found two St. Mary's medallions in the same room within a couple of hours apart, just randomly lying there. And no one can account for that. It's a very Mm -mm. strange what are the chances of finding a St. Mary's medallion anyway, but finding two in the same room, just sat there in the carpet on the middle of the floor? No one's claimed them. No one's said they're theirs. But to find two... There was no reason for any of those medallions to be there. There you go. And if people are interested, if you uh, go to my Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee, WCCO was actually there that weekend, and there's a short TV um, interview they did with the staff and they show you around the hotel and they did some reenactment where where one of the staff dressed up as Clara. So if people <laughs> wish to wish to see where we was investigating and see a nice bit of uh, a TV there, there's like a five minute piece they did on WCCO just to advertise how Halloween event and they very kindly promoted my book. Fabulous. We're off tonight, by the way. As soon as we finish this show, we're off to another hotel. We're going to the Chase on the Lake Resort in Walker. And uh, this is the site of the last battle between the U.S. Army and the Native American Indians. It's called the Battle of Sugar Point. It was in 1898, and seven individuals were killed. Fourteen were wounded in that skirmish. But this was the last conflict between the U.S. Army and Native American Indians. And we're going to go up there tonight as soon as we finish this show, and we're spending the weekend there with guests as well. Halloween's a very busy time for us, isn't it? Very. Everything happens. And of course, as soon as the Halloween period is over, come middle of November, no one will want us anymore. We'll be sat in the corner like discarded <laughs> toys in a box that nobody wants. We move on with the show. We enter the round that is called Ghosts and Hauntings. I have a fabulous story here that says, Pictured ghost of a small child dressed in Victorian clothing caught on camera at airport. Security staff at an international airport have been left shivering in fear after spotting the ghost of a small child haunting departures. The terrified employees at Mexico City's airport. This is what I find interesting. Mexico City... If you're going to have a capital city, show some ambition. Do you see what I mean? Mexico City in Mexico. You could have called that anything. You need to show some ambition down there in Mexico is what I'm saying. It's the international airport. Say the spirit is of a seven-year-old girl who is frequently spotted in and around the terminal. Death and the word terminal often appear hand in hand, don't they? They say she is often spotted in an area known as the Cemetery of Plains, where redundant parts of aircraft are thrown away. One guard claims to have taken a picture of the ghost at the window of an abandoned plane. The little girl is said to always have a ball in her hand. They've always got a ball, haven't they? Have you noticed this? <laughs> How many little girls do you know are running around with a ball in their hand? There must be other toys. There must a be doll. other things they can play. A doll. It's always a ball, isn't it? Bouncing on the stairs or in the basement. You take it as a trigger object. You'd think this is the only toy Victorian children had back in the day. The little girl is said to carry a ball. She has also forgotten to tie her shoelaces. The area, Yes, apparently she walks around in ghostly form with her shoelaces untied. There's no danger danger of falling over, though, is she? Because she's floating, ultimately, (laughs) gliding gliding along, I would suggest. The areas she apparently haunts are restricted and are patrolled day and night. So this isn't a member of the public messing around, is what we're suggesting. One of the latest videos to surface allegedly shows the ghostly child outside the arrivals hall. She appears to be wearing a long nightgown and a cap, perhaps of the Victorian era, and she is smiling. Victorian Mexicans, is this a whole new genre we haven't explored yet? Let me just say, 
that in Victorian Britain, do you know the reason why you wore a nightcap and a long nightgown? Bedbugs. Not bedbugs, no. Do you want to have a guess? It's bloody cold. There's no heating. It's cold at night in Britain. If you've got no heating, you're wearing a nightcap to keep your head warm. You're wearing a big woolen kind of nightgown. This is Mexico. At what point are you having to wear Victorian night clothes to keep warm in Mexico? Do you hear what I'm saying? It just sounds very odd to me. <laughs> Perhaps it is cold at night in Mexico. Could I don't be. know. I'll have to find out. Skeptics say it's a simple, clever illusion, but the legend fails to go away, especially around Halloween. Do you think more stuff happens at Halloween because the veil is thinner? No, I think that more people pay attention around Halloween because it's brought to the forefront. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's in more people's minds that there's ghostly shenanigans around Halloween. So they're actually looking for stuff. Mm. It's amazing. The number of UFO sightings doubled in Britain when the X-Files came on the TV. Oh, can't wait till it comes out again. It comes out again and it's (laughs) very imminent. Rest assured, UFO sightings will suddenly double. We'll have a look at that. That is the God's honest truth. We will. We'll have to see how that pans out. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? I have the aftermath of Halloween. A Halloween party ends in an exorcism for 12 students. After hosting a haunted house party for Halloween on Thursday, a dozen students from... Tainan's Chai Nan University of Pharmacy and you Science. You got through that quickly, didn't you? Thank Let's hear you. that again slowly. Tainan, <laughs> Tainan Chai Nan University okay, of Pharmacy and Science experienced acute discomfort that some attributed to possession by malicious spirits. They were rushed to a nearby temple to undergo a mass exorcism. According to the Student Association, its members prepared for one month for Thursday's events and many staff members dressed up as ghosts and vampires. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Ghosts and vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Fabulous. Fabulous. Anyway, according to the air at the venue... It was a bit stifling. The association said that screens put up to give the venue a gloomy effect might have obstructed the free flow of the air in the building. So that's why it funky was. air. Yeah, it's funky. Funky air is often associated with paranormal activity. It was written. It was written in science. <laughs> what are you looking at me like that then, for? Then your bedroom has a lot of paranormal activity. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. <laughs> you have to cut yourself in with a knife just to get into bed at night. <laughs> this is true. Funky bedrooms. Kim did tell a story the other day, didn't she, about the fact that a man died in his room in a hotel. Oh, my God. I have a story that Due I did flatulence. Yes, I'm going to go on. Well, that turned out not to be true. It turned out that Kim was just (laughs) making stuff up. Hold on. This is a true story, but I didn't bring it with me. Of course it is, yeah. A plane had to land Uh because 2,600 sheep farted so much on the plane (laughs) that they they had to bring it down. It was like a hot air balloon. It's true. Did you you hear about this story? I've never heard about that. I'll have to bring it for next week. So what were they strapped in then, ordering martinis and eating (laughs) pretzels? I find that remarkable. (laughs) If you just threw them out the back, people would be saying, look at those clouds falling out of the sky. (laughs) That's That's terrible. That's how you count sheep at night. (laughs) I always find, when I'm on a a flight from Minneapolis to Heathrow in London, don't you always find that you're sat next to a sheep? Because they tend to travel on their own, remarkably enough. They're bad to the bone. <laughs> oh, no. That's shocking. No. You know, you're a minus three, Ben. Oh, I'm not having that. That's shocking. After but no, you, you know, <laughs> you, you're going anywhere nice. Bad. 
how where where do you come from do you live locally Meh. have you flown this way quite a lot Meh. i mean they're not good conversationalists do you hear what i'm saying that sounds about like you're the stuck. conversation you get you're stuck it? on a nine hour flight next to a sheep i always get the sheep on a flight there's always a sheep and i'm sat next to it do continue <laughs> after the event concluded 12 association members reported feeling nausea vertigo and weakness as well as tightness in their chests the association said what, due to sheep yes. oh we've moved on haven't yes, we that wet sheep that's what it was and it shrunk <laughs> nylon <laughs> that's terrible the, the students were delivered to the ching wang temple in oh, you, cars really? and scooters when was the last time you had a ching wang greg <laughs> Last week. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> to the bemusement of one staff member who said the visitors treated the place of worship as if it were an emergency room. Almost all of the stricken students made a full recovery, except for a few who reported mild fevers and later sought medical treatment, the association said. Never mind that. I'm still interested in a plane having to land due to sheep flatulence. Uh, what were I they doing walking up and down the aisle? And who flies sheep on planes for 2,000 sheep? You, what? How? Is there not sheep in your own country? <laughs> Who? What were they going on holiday? Were they Is on mass? They were touring. It's the Serta sheep. <laughs> they were touring. <laughs> They're all around the hotel pool swimming. I can't get a lounger for sheep out there. Everywhere you look, there's sheep. <laughs> They lay their towels down. You can't get a lounger. They're always first in the buffet queue. Time you get there, there's just a grape rolling around in a bowl and a piece of stale cheese. They strip the place bare. It's outrageous. I'm not going on these Club 1830 sheep holidays again. I refuse. I refuse to do so. Kim, what have you got for me in the round of flatulating sheep? Who knew there was a specific round for this now? Chilling image of ghostly face lurking in little girl's bedroom captured on baby monitor. Oh, this is a creepy one. This is the spine-chilling image of a ghostly face seen lurking in a little girl's bedroom. Chloe Owens and her husband Dave were given a terrifying shock when they noticed the eerie visage peering out at them. The petrified pair were sit- sitting in the lounge when they noticed the spooky shape and immediately went to their to check on their 10-month-old daughter. Thankfully, little Lola was happily in her travel cot in the same room as her parents. Quick-thinking Dave, 35, who works as a builder, grabbed his phone and took a picture of the monitor before they quickly raced upstairs. Hang on. You're not getting away with quick-thinking the word Dave and Bill are all in the same sentence there. It's just not going to happen. Let's just say he was Dave and he was a builder. You can't add quick thinking to that. It's just not going to, it's just not on the cards, baby, right now. You know what I'm saying? Well, well and I'm confused by how kid. they word, worded this story that at one minute the daughter seems to be in a different room, but then she's in the same room as her parents. Oh, I see. What Did you catch that? Yeah, a bit of Sherlock Holmes there. I see. Yes, there's done. something goofy with how they worded it. So Chloe, 26, who is currently on maternity leave, said Lola had woken up, so we were all sitting down in the living room with the baby monitor still on. Dave went to turn it off and suddenly said, there's a face on there. I thought he was joking, but when he pointed it out, I could actually see it. It was a little girl staring right back at us. It was quite freaky. The pair spotted the specter but couldn't see anything when checking the room, and when they came back down, the ghost-like image had disappeared. The couple from Swanley, Kent, said that they used to hear banging and footsteps upstairs and always put it down to neighbors, but now reckon that it might be the ghost. Chloe added, I sent the picture to my mom, who was sort of into that thing, this kind of thing, who saw it straight away. Others can't see it at all. Early, the pair haven't seen any ghosts since, but occasionally hear tiny footsteps running into their room. That's the baby. 
Chloe added, I think I have changed my mind about ghosts. It takes something like this to do it. There you go. If people wish to see this photograph that they took on the baby monitor, they are welcome to do so. If you go to my Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. All of tonight's stories are there for you with all of the photographs and all of the videos. And you can see what we are discussing it's a very interesting picture it's amazing with all these baby monitors and uh, all the audio stuff that we have had a lot of stories over the last few years about weird stuff that's being picked up there's such strange frequencies on some of these though you could be getting the local taxi rank do you know what i mean the local police station and all kinds of various bizarre and strange things coming through dave dave you need to pick up a woman at the railway station she's going to be there at eight and you're like oh it's the ghost of a taxi driver See how that works. I've seen Ghostbusters. I've seen the ghostly taxi driver. I have a story that says I lost four stone and found a boyfriend after my dead mum told me to. A woman whose weight soared following the deaths of her parents slimmed down after a psychic told her she was speaking to her dead mother who wanted her to. Weighing 13 stone, which is a 182 pounds for those of you in America, and a dress size of 20, Lorraine Chuck, Knew she was overweight. Is this Chuck Norris or Chuck Morris? Chuck Morris. <laughs> Chuck Morris, a member of your family, no doubt. She has piled on the pounds whilst grieving for her mother, Pat, 76, who died from lung disease in 2011, and Dad, Clifton, 78, from Parkinson's disease and cancer in 2010, on the couple's 54th wedding anniversary. She was also coming to terms with a car smash she had been involved in in 2011 whilst travelling on the M40 near Birmingham. Desperate for some guidance during the lowest point of her life in December 2011, she visited a mystic at the Beck Theatre in Uxbridge, Middlesbrough. As she turned to leave, the psychic said something to her that would change her life forever. You're fat. No, she didn't. I made that up. Your mother wants you to do one thing for her. Stop saying never. Lorraine, 48, from London, said, I always had this habit of saying never. I would say I'll never get married. I'll never lose weight. When the psychic gave me the message, I realized that I could lose weight and that my mother wanted me to. It was the turning point in what had been a nightmarish few years. She had piled on the weight, comfort eating, after her parents had died. I tried comfort food, by the way. The drink was terrible. It tasted like fabric softener. (laughs) She said caring for my dad and working full time was difficult, but I wouldn't change it. Tell me, for the love of God, tell me you have comfort fabric softener in this country. You don't? No. That's a British brand? Yes. I can't believe it. You've no idea of you. Comfort is a is a is a fabric softener you add to your washing. We have Southern Comfort, was it? Which is yes, a drink. but if, if you drunk Comfort fabric softener, you would in fact be blowing bubbles for a week, um, which isn't something Michael Jackson got into trouble for. <laughs> it says here, my dad was a foreman oh and mum and worked at the McVitie's biscuit factory. They worked so McVitie's, hard for me. McVitie's is that like McDonald's? It's a silly company. Cousin? It's a company that makes biscuits mcvitties mcvitties a big cup what is this is like cultural numpty land this is like a wasteland i didn't realize there was such a divide between british and american culture you just think, figuring that out are you i am it's taken me seven years to work it out this is this is where we are i'm still Mc- trying to figure out how biscuits and cookies are the same thing 
Well, we're obsessed. No, they're not. Cookies are large. They're like manhole covers. You can't <laughs> dip. They are. You can't dip them in your tea. There's entire aisles dedicated to biscuits in Britain because it's tea paraphernalia. It's stuff associated with the ritual of tea drinking. You it, have biscuits and gravy here. Yes, and it's bloody awful. You it's don't disgusting. Dip those in tea. No, you do. I wouldn't dip that anywhere near. <laughs> Would tea. it be correct to say that biscuits don't have like the cream fillings and things? It's one. Uh, no, I'm afraid you're wrong oh, on that okay. as well. You do get a thing called a custard cream and a bourbon, and they do have a cream okay. filling like an Oreo. Yeah, I'd like to say there was a definitive answer to this, and there there isn't. Cookies, in my mind, are large, and you can't easily dip them into a cup of tea, whereas biscuits are, <laughs> tend to be a little drier, more delicate, and they fit nicely on a saucer, and you can actually dunk that into a cup of tea but it's tea paraphernalia i'm crazy with my biscuit talk how dare you biscuit talk (laughs) this has nothing to do with ghosts and haunters i don't know why we're discussing large british biscuit conglomerates (laughs) at all apparently her mother used to work for mcvitties which doesn't help you does it (laughs) when you're overweight you hear what i'm saying it's not the best start you could have she goes on to say but it was so difficult and i turned to food and to take away to, and take away to take away the pain of caring for them and them dying i just wanted to stock the cupboards with the type of food mum would have bought it was a way of remembering her she said in september 2011 that a car crash also led to her scoffing treats like crisps that's potato chips by the way thank you she also tripled up on portions because she was used to cooking for a larger family she says she woke up on new year's day 2014 and made a promise to herself that she would start to do things differently and have a more positive attitude she joined lighter life in april do you have lighter life over here nope no fat club and attended weekly groups in the area by july she weighed around nine stone and wore a size eight dress i can now wear skinny jeans it's the first time ever she said everyone in my group was so supportive it was like having another family she also met a man david lewis 48 in 2014 after online dating and they recently celebrated their first anniversary together i never thought it would happen she said but that was my problem saying never my motto now is never say never which will please her husband on their honeymoon told all that by her mother (laughs) from the grave we now run into the round that is ufos and cryptozoology it's hairy men green beasties or something like that i'm sure (laughs) i have a story that says nasa spots foo fighters floating outside the international space station window during a live video feed claims alien hunter it's these short snappy newspaper headlines that really get your attention isn't it a ufo has been spotted near the international space station and nasa appears to be aware of it in the video alien hunter scott warring points out a mysterious light seen in the live feed beamed back by the cameras on the iss the nasa camera operator pans left and then zooms in on a bright light which warring likens one of those glowing foo fighters seen by fighter pilots during world war ii the light is so bright that the camera cannot focus properly The object also appears to be tracking the ISS, moving at a similar speed behind it. NASA then panics and cuts the feed, Waring says. When the footage begins again, the strange light has vanished. If the astronauts on board the space station are concerned about this glowing object near them, don't you think you should be too, he asks. However, unidentifying a UFO as a Foo Fighter doesn't give us much knowledge about it or tells us who's controlling it. That is another completely 
unknown. I actually wanted to be an astronaut as a kid. If anyone asked me when I was six or seven, what do you want to do when you're older? I'd have said I'd like to be an astronaut. And then I involved, you know, then I found out what was involved ultimately. You gain a bit more knowledge, don't you, of what an astronaut actually does and what's actually involved. You know, wearing a diaper and having muscle wastage. Oh, hang on, that's William Shatner, my apologies. Apparently there's so much going on on the International Space Station that the guy went out for a spacewalk recently. And when it was time to come back in, the cabin door was shut. He was locked out. He couldn't get in. He was banging on the door. No one was answering. There's so much activity up there. He keeps banging on the door, hammering on the door. Finally, here's a voice coming from the space station that says, who's there? And that's when they let him in. So much activity up there. See what I mean? See what I'm saying? Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Bearing in mind you are currently on minus three. I have a strange butterfly-shaped UFO filmed over Ohio. Ohio. Do we get a cheer for Ohio? Is Ohio on our list of places to cheer for? Not yet, but it's it's getting getting there. If this was in Florida now, we'd be going, or if it was Texas, for example, we'd be going, oh, just me. Okay, you made me look (laughs) stupid there because no one else joined in, did they? I see what you've done. It's like doing a Mexican wave when you're the only person who stands up. I see what's happened there. Footage and images have emerged of a metal butterfly that was spotted by a father and son in the U.S. One of the most unique sightings to have been reported in a while, the bizarre-looking object appeared in the sky as the two men, Tom and Christopher, were leaving a local restaurant. Grabbing their phones, they managed to record several seconds of footage and a series of photographs showing the butterfly-like craft moving overhead and off into the distance. Author Nigel Watson believes that the object in the video could have easily been created using computer graphics software. He said it is very distinctive looking. It reminds me of the Millennium Falcon spacecraft in the Star Wars films. Hang on. With a bite taken out of it. So how does a metal butterfly resemble the Millennium Falcon (laughs) with a bite taken out of it? Look at the picture. And have you seen the picture? Yeah, but I think it more looks like the bat wing or the bat plane. Oh, the bat plane, when it flies up into the sky and it sits in the moon. Yeah, it looks like that. Mm -hmm. Like the Tim Burton, he just sat there in the moon and came back down. Yeah, I love that. That was the Mm -hmm. highlight of that film, you know that. Well, no, I love the whole thing. It was Tim Burton, man. Wait till they get a load of me. I know. I you ever dance you. with the devil in the pale moonlight? That's you, my favorite. No, I've been to Dairy Queen a couple of times. Does that help? <laughs> <laughs> I've danced to the toilet in the pale moonlight after Taco Bell, if that helps as well, by the way. And that smells apparently like 2,000 sheep chap, chap, chap. chapped. Yeah. <laughs> it's not often you get the word 2,000 sheep and chapped in the same sentence, is it? We can be taken <laughs> off air for that kind of shenanigans. There's nothing wrong with me. That was a female sheep, I'll have you know. Perfectly normal. Kim, (laughs) UFOs, chap sheep, what have you got for me tonight? Video of parachuting beavers surfaces online. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on a second. We're going to be removed from air. This is intolerable. How dare you, madam? See if we can get through this without snaggering. Snaggering. Snaggletooth. I'm making compound nouns, which is tremendous. (laughs) (laughs) It's like beavers and butter. (laughs) She said beaver. (laughs) Give me some natural beavers. I'm going to kick your ass. I see where we are. (laughs) Wildlife authorities in the 1950s attempted a unique solution (laughs) to the problem of beaver overpopulation. (laughs) I'm glad you're bringing contemporary stories of the week's news to the table, Kim. Just wait. 
Discovered by an Idaho historian, the long-lost video footage, which was filmed by the State's Department of Fish and Game, documented a bizarre experiment involving wild beavers. (laughs) Wild? They were livid! (laughs) At the time, there were far too many of these animals in some regions and not enough in others, so to solve this problem, officials went out and captured beavers from the overpopulated areas... Sealed them inside travel boxes. They could have just put them in the plane with the sheep. I'm not having a plane full of sheep and beavers. It's not in my contract. How dare you? And then they dropped them by parachute over the underpopulated areas. Can you imagine two rednecks? Billy Bob, does that look like parachute and beavers to you? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the film of the experiment this had been lost for over 65 years until historian Sharon Clark found it in an archive where it had been mislabeled and stored in the wrong file. What on earth could I that have possibly of have been mislabeled as? What do you mislabel? <laughs> Parachuting beavers. What category did they file it in? It said wrong file as well. Strange and bizarre, no doubt. Uh, the restored footage, which has since been uploaded to YouTube, Yay! can be viewed. <laughs> And the segment involving the parachuting beavers begins at about seven minutes into the mark. Oh, so we, we're not going to waste our first seven minutes. Right. Hold on. There okay. are some people out there watching YouTube typing that in and getting really disappointed yes. results. Don't, don't for life of you, don't go onto Google and type in beaver and parachute. You're going to be in a whole world of hurt there. The things people get up to at high altitude is outrageous. This is just like planking, isn't it? You see the beavers come down with their parachutes. You've got opportunity to practice your skills with a gun, haven't you? I wonder point. if they each had their little sky goggles on. And They're pulling formations. Look, there's a diamond as they're coming down. Now they're going into a wing. It is cute. I saw a picture. It's cute. How do they take their parachute off when they land? The box cracks open. Oh, the box cracks open. <laughs> and you see a little beaver peeking out. In the 1950s, they're preparing, aren't they, for an attack on Cuba at this point. So what, they're going to have parachuting beavers? <laughs> yes, with guns. <laughs> the moment they land, <laughs> that's terrible. Marine beaver. They should send up some armadillos. They even got the armor on. <laughs> armor on. Armor on. <laughs> yes, but they don't take orders so well, I've less to believe. And if they try shooting them, remember, lots of people getting shot. Yes, there's ricochets. lots of ricochets, isn't there? Yeah. So this is the way to go. The U.S. Army for the last 50 years has been doing it wrong the way to go is to train up armadillos and drop them on the enemy from the sky where (laughs) they've got semi-automatic weapons and wearing parachutes that's right you can see where we've been going wrong can't you this is where we are well the rest of the world is in safe hands isn't it now that america is policing us we'll all sleep safer in our beds at night as long as we're in a beaver free zone perfect happy days Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. All of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious detail and technicolor for your perusal. You can also write to me and send me your stories on Facebook. And my Twitter account is Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. We now run into the round. That is the strange and the bizarre. Greg is yet to score. I am on four because I've just written that in. Heather is now back on minus one. And Kim is in the lead on five resplendent points. In the round of the strange and bizarre, these are the stories of the week that can't be read out in any other round, but are too fabulous not to read out somewhere. I have a story that says man tiles this terrifying zombie face all over his house without realizing it. Halloween might be over, but there's still horror 
following one man around his house. The creepy image is thanks to a Reddit user who posted it online. He explains, I tiled my house and just noticed I've got this one-eyed zombie in about ten places. You normally have to pay extra to put your one-eyed zombie in just three places, never mind ten. If you look closely... You may be able to see the hideous form of the undead looking back unblinking with its one eye. That's the bathroom mirror, isn't it? Other commentators online were spooked too with Big Daddy Delta commenting, Ha ha ha, he looks like a samurai zombie to me. The great white dope added, never gonna unsee that one. Another Redditor offered the story of Belmez Faces, a supposedly paranormal activity in a house in Spain. Starting in 1971, residents claim images of faces appear on the concrete floor of the house in Andalusia. According to witnesses, these images have continuously formed and disappeared on the floor of the home. The original poster responded, Spooky, I'll keep an eye on this guy to make sure he doesn't disappear. It's interesting, isn't it? You see pictures of faces, don't you, in wallpaper and in There's drapes. a name for that. Yes, para... F- um, oh, you've got me confused now. What's the word I'm looking for? Paradelia. There yes. Paradelia. I knew it would come to me. My brain cells are getting old. It takes me a couple of seconds to Matrixing. retrieve retrieve the file. Matrixing would be another one. That would also be fabulous. Heather, what have you got for me finally tonight in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre? And it's all to play for. You are on minus one. It's something fun. Well, that'll make a change with your stories. Mm. Controversial. Man dressed as Tin Man injured in a fight with the Scarecrow. That can happen. Was Dorothy around? Yes. Oh, they're fighting over Dorothy, (laughs) aren't they? He doesn't appear to have used that brain the wizard gave him. Police say officers dispatched to a fight call early Saturday in... Innisfil, Ontario, found a man dressed as the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz being treated for injuries. South Simcoe police say witnesses at the Stroud Arena who were dressed as Dorothy, Glinda the Good Witch, and the Wicked Witch of the East said the Tin Man had been punched by his friend, the Scarecrow. Some friend. (laughs) I know, right? In a release, police say the Scarecrow didn't have the brains to stick around and ran away with the cowardly lion. There is a boxer in Britain who's a big lad, and his name is David Hay. I just thought I'd add that. I thought that's very, you know. <laughs> okay. Because it's the uh, scarecrow, right? You see where we're going with this? Uh, I got it. Yeah, now we're it. there. Okay. Turns out the Tin Man didn't have the heart to lay the charges against his friend and refused to tell the officers anything. He was treated for minor injuries. Police say they believe alcohol was involved. Who knew? Congratulations. We are in a round called Not For Your Mother, which means you have found us in our archives. You're already getting points for showing initiative and being good at IT. Who knew? This is the round called Not For Your Mother. If there are minors in the room, if your mother is easily offended, she needs to be removed. When I say removed, not like in a mafia kind of way. (laughs) I don't know what your mother's like. I mean, perhaps it is in a mafia kind of way. You're going to be swimming with the freshers, you see. She ashamed. Yeah, concrete slippers is where we are. I'm not saying you should do that to your mother. I wouldn't take that advice. Shove her in with the sheep. Shove her in with the sheep <laughs> and see what happens next. Wow. Who knew? This is a round laden with sexual innuendo. The stories of the week that have content that can't be read out live on air for fear of being removed or getting a $10,000 fine. I will start the proceedings by saying Brooklyn Psychic uses wax strips to predict the future. Kat Feck claims that she can use hair and wax to predict someone's future. Ew. Do you remember we had this once where someone was looking Waxing? at... Waxing? 
not waxing, but you know, with bottoms, scatomancy. Oh, yeah, that was scatomancy. Do you remember mm-hmm. where they defecate and then you look at it and you pick through the motions and you say you're going on a tall, dark stranger? You're going on a tall, you dark stranger. You went for an Indian? Yes, you went for an Indian and you're going to be lucky with money and I can see the number eight. It's difficult <laughs> to do a number eight, by the way, just saying. It's a bit nerdy. Yes, possibly. I don't know where we're going. It's scaring <laughs> me a little either. bit. I know, which worries me even more. There's not even a seatbelt on. <laughs> it's just fortune telling based on using wax strips, Thex said. Where does we're it all, come from? Uh, where do they come from? Where are they well, waxing? Bees, bees makes the wax. No, where oh, are they waxing? Well, we may come to that. Okay. We may well come to that. Thex said that we're all familiar with tea leaf readings. This is just <laughs> wax strip readings. <laughs> I know, right? This is the best bit. Thex says she has been a fortune teller for several weeks. For, for several, several weeks? Yes, that long. I, I've done it for at least a minute. Sounds, sounds legit, right? I'm willing to part oh, with my man. money. She was inspired to use wax strips after watching the movie Jurassic Park. What? Is she on drugs? What part of Jurassic Park reminded her that she could do fortune I'd telling? I'd like to know what with wax strips. Does it say it in there? No, it doesn't. I can make an assumption. Go on then. Well, I got talked into once having what they call a sack crack and ring, right? Which I thought were attorneys. I was confused. I thought they were attorneys. Sack crack and ring apparently aren't attorneys at all. And it's actually a method of removing wax from three separate places. All I can say is that after they finished, I had a mega sore ass. <laughs> so where were those strips put again? <laughs> In places that wax strips shouldn't Should not be, be put. put. All dignity, all dignity flies out of the window when you're along on, with your hair. When I you're on all, when you're on all fours. Getting a sack crack and well, to be you have fa- to be on all fours. Yes, yes. So he was probably just- on all fours when he left the place. <laughs> <laughs> there was. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. Let's just put it that way. Do you have to put baby oil or something down there to soothe the area? I, I can't remember. It's all a blur. It was a terrible situation. I got confused. I thought they were attorneys. Um, I gave my mother a nice woolly scarf for Christmas. Everybody was happy, is what I'm saying. The problem lies in the fact that afterwards, like a day or two afterwards, you are scratching the family jewels. It's very, very itchy, is what I'm saying. Everything was being scratched at that point. This is where we are. But apparently, as long you, as it's not a scratch and sniff. No, it looked like one of those. Was it? It's, what's the uh, the test? The ink blot tests. Rorschach. Rorschach, <laughs> like a Rorschach test, where people are looking at it oddly and saying, "Oh, I wonder why they keep their socks on while they're turning the page around and looking at it." I was confused. I thought they were attorneys. I was getting some legal so advice. So how does this relate to the lady you want to send your strips off to her? Well, she get... said she got inspired by watching the movie Jurassic Park. I said I had a Megasaurus. Oh, That's gotcha. where we're going. I still don't see this. No, well, I'll explain it all later for you. <laughs> <laughs> we can spend 20 minutes after every show explaining the jokes to Heather as we go. <laughs> great. Business is great, she says, in the two weeks she's been doing it, right? Mm. This is the time to be doing beeswax fortune telling. So apparently... This is the time to be doing it. People are interested. People are wanting it done. Thek analyzes the hair left in a wax strip to unlock secrets of the future. You're going to be playing a space pirate in a famous Disney sci-fi franchise. 
in December. You're going to be itching for a long time is what I'm saying. It's going to be like a Wookiee, isn't it, from, from Star Wars? That's going to be looking like. How can you look at a Wookiee laid out in front of you and tell you where you're going on holiday and where you should invest your money and if your grandmother's coming through? Do you hear what I'm saying? I just thought that was very odd. But she's been <laughs> doing it for a whole two weeks. So obviously it's legit and business is good apparently. That's It'll be good. even better now I've read it out on air and people will be queuing up queuing up to have a you know to have some smoothness and a bit of a fortune read you could have a sack rack and ring and then find out what your grandmother's always wanted to tell you is where i'm going where's the money buried granddad <laughs> oh apparently it's buried under the patio who knew wonders of science i don't understand it at all no we'll have a long conversation when we finished heather <laughs> what have you got tonight in the round of not for your mother and if it involves a willy you get an extra point Involves a willy. Heather gets an extra point. Mysterious glory hole driller keeps oh, small must- town on edge. Oh, Isn't my. that a 1970s like video nasty? The glory hole driller. Yeah, I got it. So. Okay, all right. I'm just saying. <laughs> In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. That's what I'm saying. Was that Confucius? No, that was Rudyard Kipling, I believe. (laughs) But I'm happy to be challenged on that. I do believe that was Rudyard Kipling, who makes exceedingly good cakes, I might add. Residents in the city of Vero Beach, Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Have been on edge since a persistent glory hole driller began striking their public restrooms at random. Can you imagine? You're sat there doing your business, right? You're trying to, you know, do your daily constitution, all's quiet you know you've got your underwear around you around and something your pokes you in the ear no and then suddenly here and before you know it someone's got a router out you see what i'm saying and then all your worst fears are imagined at that point and you're thinking to yourself oh summer sausage there we go i hate mushrooms you hate mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> well don't touch it then that's terrible <laughs> You're ruining my ego. I'd have said more of a toadstool, to be honest. But if you're thinking mushroom, you go with that. It's one of those little button ones. Are you? Oh, keep on, why don't you? It's cold in this country. Minnesota's very cold. In any other country, that's a toadstool. What size bit did they have to use? That's what I well, want to know. They're using a router, aren't they, is where we are. They're just routing random holes. That's like the worst horror film, isn't it? That you're sat in a cubicle and you hear the footsteps coming along and you're sat there. And suddenly you hear the sound of routing taking place <laughs> and a little circle's been drilled out next to you. And be- See, you're not any better. A little drill, a little hole. <laughs> a little hole, little fingers, little toes. There you go. It's a talking head song, I believe. Police are on the hunt for the person responsible <laughs> for drilling several glory holes in various public restrooms around the quiet Florida town. How's quiet Florida doesn't, again, the word quiet in Florida doesn't happen in my book. I know. The most recent one was discovered last week by municipal employee Brad Dusen. In a Methodist church. Tell me that's a Methodist church. No, it's not. It's not. It's It's a Catholic one. It's a Catholic church. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) You go into the basement (laughs) to, you know, squeeze the lemon in a Catholic church and before you know where you are. I know. You know, you knelt before God and the worst things happened worst thing deucen contacted authorities last friday at around 9 30 a.m after discovering yet another glory hole had been installed inside the men's restroom at treasure shores beach in vero beach there you go guys Deucen- this is all some sort of woodpecker that's only in florida this is a bird doing uh, this. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
I can't do it. No, I gathered anyway. that. I thought, you was, <laughs> I thought you was having a stroke for the minute. I was about to do some CPR or something. Uh, Dusan told the responding officer that someone had drilled a circular hole drilled into the divider wall separating the urinals from the toilets. He was frustrated because he had already patched up a similar hole in that same bathroom once before. No. <laughs> how, can, nice, how do you know? It looks like Swiss cheese in there. It does. <laughs> Why doesn't someone video like, this stuff? I don't, how can you walk into oh, a bathroom you know, with a drill? and, and well, not, How could you not hear it? Yes, this is true enough. It had a silence on Supposing it. Supposing they're singing hymns upstairs, you wouldn't hear it then, would it's you? It's not in a church. It's not in a church. I wanted it to be. I know I wanted did. it to be in a church. Based on the location of where the hole was drilled, the officer sagely noted in his report, it is commonly used for male subject to place their genitalia through it and have oral sex performed on them. Well, I would imagine so. How is a woman going to throw their genitalia into it? I can't answer that. I, I can't don't think that's that going to happen, is it? I know. Police say they do not have a suspect or any leads in the case. Police are looking into it. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> She's not even trying to be funny. I'm What's not wrong even trying. It comes naturally. As a result, it has been listed as inactive. Inactive. <laughs> We've made this whole. Oh, the, there's probably a few that have gotten labeled that. Yes, I remember my marriage. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Kim, what huh? have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? It's a Willie story, isn't it? It is. What's wrong with you two? <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Listen up now, because I know you're going to like this title. There. It's a good one. Oprah faces protests for using wrinkle cream made from foreskin. Really? If you rub it, do you get more wrinkle cream? Just saying. <laughs> There's a special name for that, you know. The bit. The what, f- rubbing it? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about it. <laughs> I don't know why I bother. I'm trying to educate you. I don't know why I bother. It's called a bris. B-R-I-S-S. It has a special name. I just thought I'd add that. Okay. Wow. And they're using this as an anti-wrinkle cream. Could you use yes. it even though it's not been detached? Could you say, yes, sweetheart, you've got a few wrinkles. I'm sure you'd want to try. Oh, you're giving me a black eye. Trying to get rid of your crow's feet. With the swelling, (laughs) the wrinkles disappear. There you go. Look at that. It's almost like having Botox. That's terrible. You're terrible. You're terrible. Kim, that's terrible. What's wrong with you? So, Oprah wrangled the truth out of Lance Armstrong about using performance-enhancing drugs. But a Vancouver group wants Oprah Winfrey to explain why she has endorsed an anti-wrinkle cream made with human foreskins. I just surely there's not enough to go around. How is she around. harvesting them? That's what I'm thinking. Uh, this is very bizarre. She's very not strange. harvesting them. She's endorsing the company that does, though. Yes. How are they uh, harvesting them? Do they post them to them? Are they just? Is it like a I'll hospital? Ah, uh, I'm preempting your yeah. story. Does it look like calamari? That's like squid. I what, know. Does it? Does a does a foreskin look like calamari? Yeah. They smell similar, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Have you seen calamari? <laughs> Yeah, they're, fried. Yes, they're quite large, like onion rings. Was this baby gifted? So baby come out and they're like, oh, my God, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I thought it was his umbilical cord. I can cord. have cream for a month. Sweet. That's terrible. Is it like calamari? What radio show anywhere in the world 
Are we reading out a story about anti-wrinkle cream made from foreskin? And one of the guest panels says, is it like calamari? Tell me where that happens. Anywhere in the world. I swear to God. Only here you're lucky. Yes, you're very lucky. I can't believe how lucky you are. Wow. I'm almost tempted just to end the show there. I can't compete with that. That's shocking. What's wrong with you both? No, it's not like calamari. Like a fondue, to be honest, if anything, it's going to be a, f- a fondue. Okay. You have those over here, do yes. you? Okay, I'm just checking. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Winfrey, who rose from poverty to own her own television network, will make her first appearance in Vancouver on Thursday before a sold-out crowd at Rogers Arena, with fans paying up to $350 a ticket for a chance to see the TV mega host live. I didn't even know she could play ice hockey. Who knew? But as the crowds pack into the stadium, Glenn Callender, founder of the Canadian Foreskin Awareness Project. Oh, you're I making that up. That. Nice. I'm a member. I've got a, I've got a badger card and everything. I get a monthly. A badger card. I've got a badger <laughs> card. <laughs> and I get a monthly magazine. What's this? The Canadian Foreskin Awareness. That's a good read. The Canadian Foreskin Awareness Project. Yeah, it's a good read. That's always on my coffee table. The center spread's a bit disturbing sometimes, but it's a good read. Uh, It says they will be outside with supporters protesting Winfrey's support of Skin Medica. Calendar says it's hypocritical of Winfrey to speak out against female genital mutilation while at the same time saying it's all right to rub on a face cream made from foreskins from circumcised infant males. We, mate, this is like this is some sort of horror story. Is this like yeah, Solon like Green? Leatherface it's Solon Green. It's people. Charlie Imagine Heston. how Oprah would respond if a skin cream for men went on the market that was made from parts of the genitalia of little girls. Yeah, that would be rough. That would be an outrage, and rightly so. It would. We can't make jokes from now on, and you've ruined this yeah, story for us. Ruined <laughs> you've ruined it, ruined. Kim. We're having to be somber now. That's disgusting, and you've ruined the whole thing. Yeah. Evidently, Oprah likes this uh, skin cream a lot. She calls it her magic fountain of youth and miracle wrinkle solution. Well, she related to Michael Jackson now, is she? Maybe. Wow. What's wrong with these people? Um, Calendar describes the Foreskin Awareness Project as Canada's feistiest pro-foreskin advocacy group with the goal of foreskin education and appreciation. When it says the most feistiest, <laughs> this then suggests there's other organizations that deal with foreskin that are Canadian. And they just happen to be yeah, the best. Foreskin That's forever. Yes, I used to be with Foreskin Awareness, but they didn't do the kind of partying you guys do. So I've joined you now. You were a part of Foreskin Awareness, but then you got cut off. <laughs> okay <laughs> i see where this is going i can't take your points away anymore there's none left it's there's done left. What he also you, says his anti that they're not against anti-circumcision what they are is against circumcision being forced on people without their consent yes i would agree with that no one wants that jumped on them do they when they're walking down an alleyway and suddenly one minute you're walking along minding your own business and then you're jumped on and you know you're harvested. See what I'm saying? You're, going you're to be, only half the man you used to be. That's right. And who knew that just barely 24 hours later, you're going to be rubbed all over Oprah Winfrey's face? I mean, you know, you'd never even believe it, would you? If you said that to me now, that in 24 hours' time, the last part of my bits and pieces would be rubbed on Oprah Winfrey's face, I, I wouldn't believe you. I'd say you were making it up. Quite reasonably, I would suggest. Mm. Heather, you have the last story in tonight's round. I bet it's about a willy, isn't it? Kinda. Kind of like a willy. What's kinda yeah. like a willy? A banana's kinda gonna, like a willy. I'm gonna help you with it. You're gonna help it's, me with my uh, willy. Yeah, I'm helping 
again, it's all about the listeners. I'm trying to help. Christmas is right around the corner. Her philanthropy knows no bounds is what she's saying. Absolutely. It's all about you. Absolutely. So this Christmas, please, people, think about the Scroton Tote. Scroton Tote. That's a pub. I've drunk in that pub. It's in London. It gives consumers X-rated fashion. That's what everyone wants, isn't it? Scrote in tote. So you're putting your scrotum in a tote and carrying no. it around with you. The creator of Scrote and Tote, a company keen to produce lifelike scrotum backpacks, oh. has launched a crowdfunding campaign to help fund mass production. Yay! You, you should s- see them. They're fabulous. Really? Scrotum? I was going to say... They look big and wrinkly and hairy. And you want that on your back, do you? Wow. Apparently. Wow. <laughs> You mean it hasn't been yet? Not, not recently, no. <laughs> Kim, have you had anything like that on your back recently? No, I can't, you know. After a photo of Canadian businessman Daniel Bitten wearing his own scrotal backpack, designed by friend and prosthetic makeup artist CJ Goldman, went viral last year. Could you get a couple of bowling balls in it? You're going down to I do think a, you can get probably four bowling a, balls in Do a bit of bowling, you know, a bit of tempin bowling. You've got they're a bag. huge. They're huge. I have to say, they are huge. Well, like an and elephant they're, huge. And they're, yeah, and they're oh, lifelike. They're, they're lifelike. Oh, yeah. Bitten took it upon himself to gather a team and begin mass producing the product. I had several friends have had to interrupt their lives in order to fully dedicate our lives to the production of lifelike, hideous, giant scrotum backpacks. It's an ugly-looking thing, though, isn't it? It wasn't. Aesthetically speaking, you know, I look at that and think, wow, this isn't like, you know, I'm looking at my own, not other people's, you might add. You know, you look at that and you think, it's looking like Winston Churchill looking pensive. It's looking like the last turkey in the butchers. I don't don't think to myself, I want that made huge and I want to wear it for a backpack. I'm glad it's down below, hidden, out of public gaze. It kind of looks like the family guy's... Chin. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. his chin. Yeah, but add more wrinkles and lots of scraggly bits of hair. Yes, we all know what they look like. I don't want to do... There I don't may need... be some out there that don't know what they look like. I find it very hard to believe that there's people out there listening to this show, bearing in mind this is around not called Not For Your Mother, that aren't aware of the male aesthetic. I find that hard to believe, just saying. One of my sisters might be Yes, I, well, we don't want to do that live on air, do we? We'll get sued. <laughs> um... Bitten's team aims to raise $33,000 for what he says will cover the production of the backpacks, including the mold for the skin textured part of the bag, which is the biggest pre-production expense. The you don't need to iron it, do you? There's no need for an iron. You're not going to wake up in no, the morning and say, oh, yeah. my backpack's a little bit creased. I better iron that out. <laughs> the funds will also cover product testing <laughs> facility costs. What do you have to test? To make sure it holds stuff. I see what... <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> Why am I here? The original scrotum backpack from Bitten's photo costs almost $1,000 and is too heavy and delicate to be used as a proper backpack. He said, a new, more consumer-friendly method of production will be developed in order to bring the backpacks to the masses for about $120 a unit. And I think everybody should have one on their... Christmas, Christmas list. list. Well, there you go. Well, I'm sure everyone's happy. You have to see it. It's fleshy-coloured and everything. You cannot blame yourselves. So I did warn our listeners that this was around called not for your mother, so you have only got yourselves to blame. Was when you say it's fleshy-coloured, yeah, so, so now we're talking Caucasian, I assume? I think you can choose a colour. Well, that's what I was wondering, what you meant. 
Okay, I'm glad you're having this discussion on the colour of ball bags. That makes me very happy. <laughs> Whoever knew? I never thought in my broadcasting career I would be sat quietly whilst the two women opposite me were discussing the different types of colours you could get for ball bags. I think you can even get them clean-shaven. Well, there's Just something saying, to look forward to, isn't there? Do you want Maybe one they'll on come your... out with matching shoes next year. Oh. Well, don't look at me. I'm not, I'm not giving that a go. I think they should have a pointed hat. I have no idea what's going on anymore all I can say is I'm slightly scared and I think my guests are taking drugs so on that note we will draw things to a conclusion you're all mad (laughs) so let us look at tonight's scores in last place a very quiet Greg tonight on one point following him in third place is Heather (laughs) who is also on one point you've tied for last but i know who knew well to be fair you did start out on minus three so you have made some headway there just to just to get yourself into positive numbers i'm on second place on five and kim is tonight's winner and she will win the thirty three thousand dollar ir camera but don't worry listeners we'll get it back off her in the car leftover halloween candy too. there you go some halloween candy (laughs) do not fear listener is there any remember we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time i would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal the strange parachuting beavers sheep the bizarre and just plain weird please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com you can also follow my twitter account at adrian underscore lee underscore tips and if you love the show we are now about to do another 20 to 25 minutes after we are off air and that'll be found on soundcloud if you go to soundcloud.com and type in mq ta radio you will find our archives we are three or four weeks behind but you do get an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show that we can't read out live on air in a round called not for your mother my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris your ton drainer kim and greg gore and all at the international paranormal society int paranormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and mufon of minnesota it just remains for me to say happy birthday to heather and thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night good night